This is Jessica Pate, your host for Brave Together podcast. I am here to serve, encourage, and inspire you in your journey as a special needs mom. This is your tribe. This is your community, your place to be reminded that you are not alone. Please follow along as I share stories, inspiration, and resources just for you. Hi, friends. Welcome to today's show. And we are continuing our our series that we do from time to time, and it's called Dear Younger Me, which we are copying from an event that we started, and we are brave together every May. And we would have a panel of moms of adult children sharing their expertise and their experiences and wisdom on a variety of topics. And so we thought, why not put this on the podcast from time to time so that you can hear from seasoned, amazing moms and hear what they have to say. I know that I have benefited greatly from mentors through the years and having a mom or moms ahead of me in the journey to go to has been so great and so comforting and so helpful and resourceful. So we are putting this out there for you all from time to time. And our guests today are Julie Patterson and Michelle Dollarbrook, both who have been supportive of me, supportive of We Are Brave Together. They're a part of an organization that also supports We Are Brave Together. And a little bit about each one of them. Julie draws her energy by being and connecting with others. She's married to the love of her life, Steve, for 31 years, and is grateful to be blessed with two amazing sons, Kyle and Dylan. Both boys have had their own struggles with mental illness, Kyle with obsessive compulsive disorder and Dylan with autism spectrum disorder. Julie has found herself not only having to be a nurturing mother, but also at times to become her son's life coach. Being a UCLA Bruin, Julie has turned the wisdom of the great coach John Wooden, who said, things turn out best for people who make the best of the way things turn out. With the help of professionals, family, and friends, both boys are doing extremely well. Kyle is working as a case manager, and Dylan is attending Exceptional Minds, a school that teaches computer animation and digital arts to young adults on the autism spectrum. Michelle is a native Californian who is happiest when with her family and friends. She's been married for 30 years to her husband, Tony, and is a proud mother to Max, who is 28, and Katie, who's 24. She enjoys volunteering and has been involved in Special Children's League South Bay for the last 10 years. She is a part-time substitute teacher and enjoys walking, knitting, and being outdoors, especially at the beach. So why don't each of you say hello and we'll get into my questions. I guess I'll go first. Um, so I'm Michelle uh, Dollarbrick and like um, Jessica said, I live in Palisades, South Bay. I've lived here for a long time. Um, I have uh, two kids. I have Max, who is my son with developmental disabilities. He's 28. And my daughter, Katie, who is 24 and is actually in her third year of graduate school to be an occupational therapist. I'm going to be relying on her to help be my advocate or Max's advocate in in future years. And thank you for having us, Jessica. It's so nice of you to reach out to us. Oh, I'm so glad to spend this time with you both. Hi, I'm Julie. And again, thanks, Jessica. This is such an important topic 
for all those moms out there and for us too to relive these moments. I mean, what a what a gift that was to be able to to be able to do that. Um, I have, like you said, I have two children with their own struggles. They're both 27 and 26, Kyle and Dylan. And um, actually, Kyle's 29. He's almost going to be 30. Can't believe it. <laughs> mm. I um, one thing that wasn't in my bio is I'm actually a fitness instructor, so that gives me a good outlet. Um, and exercise has always been a key to my growth and my um, being able to monitor, be able to navigate this whole experience having kids with um, special needs. So I'm so happy to be able to do that as a career and. It helps me um, be that coach for other people like I did with my kids. So so great. I know, Michelle, you're an exerciser as well, and I love it. It's so important just to sweat out our stress and get those endorphins mm-hmm. going. It helps our mood change. It helps our minds change. And it's definitely been a priority in my life. Well, both of you, what struck me as I was reading your bios is that you both have been married like a million decades combined together. And I just think it's remarkable, right? We know the statistics. We know how complicated and multi-layered married life is anyways. And then you add crises and chronic hardship, chronic stress, and it, it can make it very difficult to stay on the same page and to stay united and to stay close and and to remember that you're a couple and not just parents and advocates. So what would each of you say has contributed to your longstanding relationships and marriages? Um, I think for me, a lot of, well, first of all, I mean, it's, it's just so, you know, when you enter this life of special needs and, you know, it's like something that's, gosh, no, that's never going to happen to me. I'm never going to, you know, so I think, having a partner, I was so fortunate enough to have a partner at the beginning and that we complimented each other. And that's been super key in our life together. One of us is more patient. One of us is, you know, and I'm not saying who, but (laughs) definitely I rely on um, my husband, on Tony for for lots of that. And it's just, you know, I, I think it's a little hard to, I know for me speaking personally, you know, when I get all worked up and there's something that's wrong and I just can't, you know, my emotions take over me and I need him as the strength and the rock to kind of handle it all. So I think that's been key. I've been fortunate enough to have that. Um, and uh, I joke that sometimes I like, and I mean, you'll understand and your listeners where I blame him because he's so good <laughs> and calm and he was meant to handle this. Sometimes I think, gosh, you know, I mean, I do, I do what I need to do, but I would have never thought I would be able to handle this early on in my younger self. So I think that that's key. And, and, and just support around you has also been, you know, we've been able to focus on our marriage because we have support around us. Right, right. Um, In the early years or throughout the years, have you made it a point to have dates or date nights away? and time for just you two to focus on each other. And how did you do that? Because there's always the pull of our children, whether you have neurotypical children or you've got extra, extra needs going on. A lot of moms struggle with making that time and trusting Mm -hmm. somebody to care for their children so that they can have that time and space Mm -hmm. away. 
Yeah, it, that didn't come for me till much later on. I mean, we would have date nights, but mm-hmm. as far as being able to go away and really remove ourselves, that was that took a while. And you know, I just I didn't want to leave them. I have family here. We would leave for maybe a night or two, but to really go, it was you know much later on in life till mm-hmm. I felt that I had an, a good support and care team at home that I could go and and not worry. Getting away was difficult, but things got bad for us for a while. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't easy. Um, and it was more that I focused so much on the kids and didn't focus on him. And I had to really look at that, what was happening, that our marriage got stronger because I, you know, I was all in. And I remember when Kyle's OCD got really bad, I had a stack of books about OCD. I would watch psychologists and I swore I know, knew more about it than all of them put together. And Steve, I remember him coming to me one day and he goes, you have obsessive compulsive disorder over OCD. You need to put those books away. And that's when I really, I was kind of at my bottom and I really realized that I needed to kind of let go and focus more on him and me. And, um, and I also, we used to be able to get away like one night every few months and just go stay at a local hotel. And I would tell my friends, I would tell my friends, look, it's either that or a marriage counselor. Michelle, knowing Michelle, Michelle and I are very good friends. And um, in my experience, our husbands are a lot alike. They're very patient and kind and very even keel. And I tend to be more um, very goal oriented, very, I need to fix things right away. And it's a good compromise that we both have, I think. And Julie and I also have this funny thing that I taught her, and we often do it, mostly with our kids, and it's called STP, where we go straight to panic. So something happens, and we're like at the end of the story, and so we often share those uh, those little incidents with each other, because it happens often, once a week or more at least, right? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. So, Julie, your kids are out of the house and Michelle Max is with you. Right. Yeah. Well, actually Dylan's living with me. Okay. Living with us because of okay. virtual school, but okay. Yeah, oh, otherwise, yes. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And what advice would you tell yourself looking back to ignore, or what would you tell moms who are earlier, younger in their journey, something to ignore? Like, for example, a lot of moms on the show will say, do not listen to what was said to you at the time of the diagnosis or what you read on the Internet or the doom and gloom of um, the specialist that you're working with. You don't know where your child's going to fall on the spectrum of your child's disorder, whatever that is. Hold out hope. Yeah, I Um, would I would ignore some of the. recurrent thoughts in my mind of what life was going to be like. My son and I call it future tripping where you go into that future mode. And I would just try to ignore all those future idealizations that I have about what my life might look like and focus on the present instead. This moment, this time, especially when you get into that STP mode that Michelle was talking about, mm-hmm. just, just really ignore those thoughts and get back into the present. Yeah, I agree. I think that that would be something, um, you know, and then thinking back, gosh, knowing now what I know when my son was nine months old, he was my firstborn. Maybe I wish I would have like ignored the doctor saying, wait, 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 and been more proactive. I'm not sure that the outcome, the outcome wouldn't have been any different, Mm -hmm. but 
um, you know, just maybe, you know, we were waiting and waiting. And, you know, I had this sense, even though he was my first, I knew something wasn't right. So, you know, maybe more going with my gut early on. But like I said, the outcome would have been the same anyways. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pushing. And who were you before you were a mom? And do you see that that influenced or informed you as a mom? For example, I studied psychology. Both my roommate and I in college studied psychology. We both ended up with special needs kids. And so I'm grateful that I have a natural interest in human behavior because it has certainly (laughs) helped on this journey and all the behavior training I've had to go through to parent Ryan. I was an elementary school teacher, so my training was that. I did that for a while, and I also taught preschool, which really helped, um, especially when Dylan is early years. It helped me notice things a lot quicker than I would have if I would have had a, you know, a career in finance or something else. Um, so that I was very that helped us a lot in our journey along this journey. And I came. I was in the garment business, so I was a buyer and. I, I was not prepared anyway for this. So in a way, when you think about it, I mean, maybe this was something I needed to like make me, you know, just ground me more, um, make me, you know, I, I was always a very sensitive, compassionate person, compassionate person, but maybe this was just something that for whatever reason I, I needed in my life to make me just be more resilient and in a way, it gives me more confidence too, which is a weird thing. And I was thinking about that only because I feel like, gosh, I've got this pretty big thing that I handle every day and deal with it. And so, you know, anyone says anything, what I don't care what anyone thinks or what anyone says, because, hey, you don't know, you have no idea what it's like to be in my shoes. Right. So um, anyway, so yeah, my background didn't help me for this, but uh, I've certainly learned a lot, you know, in the past 28 years, more than I would have learned in any job. Well, I think. I think it's true that it does give us confidence because uh-huh. we take on so much. Mm-hmm. We take on things, we learn things that we never thought we would ever have to learn. We have to push through uh, a lot of fear and a lot of worry and take on multiple roles and multiple hats. And I think, oh, that's actually a nice byproduct is that it gives us a boost of confidence because look at what we can do, look at what mm-hmm. we've done, look at what we've made it through. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. a good point. I think that's good for our younger moms to hear that even though, yes, it's hard. Yes, this is not something you would have necessarily chosen that there are some really beautiful and practical byproducts that come mm-hmm. with the journey. What would you say is one of your best moments as a mom? looking back? Um, I would think I have a couple things. As far as with my son, one, a really, really special moment was, um, so we're Jewish. And when Max was 13, well, when, you know, child 13, you have typically a bar bat mitzvah. And um, so we had a bar mitzvah for Max and he was 13 and we had it at our temple and we had beautiful music and all our friends and family were there. And we had a really big party after It was really, really special that we were able to do that. And I've got so many great memories. So that that was a really great day and stands out in my mind. And then the other was the birth of my daughter, because, you know, I think that that gave me something new, you know, before she was born. Oh, my gosh, I remember just they're three years apart. I would, you know, I 
probably had OCD. I had lots of things, lots of emotions. We didn't know there was unknown. I wasn't happy. So that really changed my life. And it was a very, you know, memorable and much needed change for me. Yeah, I have a couple that are recent. So, well, actually last week, Dylan was on spring break from his school and I, I work during the week and I had a day off. So we planned to go to Idlewild just for the day, have a nice day trip. And we got up in the morning, got ready to go. And he looked at his, he works at the Disney store, just part-time, just a few hours. And he looked at his work schedule and he goes, oh my gosh, I have to work tonight. And I was like, oh, that's too bad. It was so amazing because I saw the growth in him that he was able to pivot. The old him would have broke down. The day would have been ruined. We wouldn't have done anything. He would have gone into his room. And I just said, why don't we just do something else? We'll just go around. We'll just leave somewhere, go close for six hours and we'll have a good day. And he, we had the most amazing connected day. Um, He was able to turn it around. And instead of having day ruined, the day was wonderful. We had a great day. And I, the younger me would have never thought I would have ever had a day like that. You know, back when he was four, five, six, and things were really difficult. I would have never thought in, I, you know, I, I would have future tripped and thought my life was ruined. <laughs> Instead, it was just like a wonderful day. And then with Kyle, he came home for Easter. My in-laws were over and he does, he did the dishes. What can I do to help you mom? And again, that was never what I thought would have happened when he was nine and struggling with OCD. So it's just such a gift that I have now that I never thought I would have had 20 years ago. Um, And I just, the hope, like you talked about, it's there. Grab onto it. It might not be exactly what you think it would be like, what you thought it would be like if you would have had a typical child. But I tell you, moms like us just cherish those moments so much and they get seared in your brain and you're just, you're just so full of love and, and gratitude when that thing, when those things happen. I agree. We do. It, it's so much more. It means so much more when those special moments or special days or special celebrations happen for sure. For sure. Uh, what would you say was the worst season for you? And what's one thing that you learned from that really hard season? Um, I would have to say for me, and I kind of alluded to this before, early on when Max was a baby, before we knew what was going on, and I might say we still don't really know. My, he has a, a genetic um, defect that was just recently, a chromosomal defect that was recently diagnosed, but it's super, super rare. So we don't really know a lot about that, but even more so early on when we didn't know and they were doing medical procedures and things like, oh my gosh, I remember being in another room and hearing him in the other room, uncomfortable and crying. And so I don't know, those, those were not good times. I'm happy to be past that. And, you know, I've grown and and know how to, I would deal with it differently now, but I think those first three or first five years were, were really challenging. So I'm happy to be past that. Not that we're not going to, that we don't have challenges now, or it's not, you know, we don't, won't have more, but those were typical, those were challenging for sure. Yeah. I, for me, um, again, it was typical, like Michelle, when early on Dylan was struggling, you know, Kyle was older, he was seen fine. 
And then we had this Dylan and we realized really quickly, you know, he wasn't babbling. He had some sensory issues as a preschooler. So I knew something was wrong early on and we were dealing with that. And then Kyle's OCD started um, about the same time. And so you get hit with a double whammy that you weren't expecting. And Steve travels for work. So I was a single mom. Um, I was just a mess. And I just thought life was over. And I remember getting in the car to go to the grocery store. I had an hour. My my father-in-law came over. I remember getting in the car, driving to the store, and I kept driving. And I got on the freeway, and I kept driving. And I think, I'm thinking to myself, I can go to Idaho. I can change my name. I can get a job teaching someone. I'll, you know, I'll just be something different. I can take out the savings we have. And I really was on that road. And I remember stopping, you know, something I pulled off. I just had to have that moment. And I think for me, I just didn't give myself the um, permission to grieve. You know, I was just caught up into the, just the turmoil and the, just the, the negative thoughts processes. I never gave my up, um, myself permission to grieve that this was hard and that life wasn't going to be what I thought it was going to be, you know, 10 years ago. So I had to pull myself together and I gave myself that permission and then pick myself up again to move on. Thank you for that honest story because I I know there are plenty of days that I've wanted to run away. I don't actually plan it, but you know, you, the <laughs> thought just crosses your mind like I want to run away from my life. This is so hard. I can't do this. I'm not the best mom. Um, I want to go live a fantasy life somewhere else, you know, and then you just have to tell yourself to stop and snap out of that because it's not it's not going to get you anywhere and I appreciate how you mentioned grieving and that we have to give ourselves permission to grieve and to grieve again because it's not mm. something that just goes away if you could dream big for the community of special needs is there if you could magically create something that would meet a need is there something that comes to mind well you did Jessica I mean what you created is a need and I told you before I wish you were around when I when Max was younger because I could have I needed that you know I mean I I found there were some things but it's not what you have now so um I mean gosh really that's what that's what we need support I mean really you you have what you have and you need to find your people and that's how you get through this is by finding people and you've created that. And that's really amazing. So kudos to you for sure. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I remember sitting in your, um, your house one day at one meeting and I was just blown away at just the networking and the be the acceptance that the community has mm -hmm. to offer moms and that, you know, we we're human beings, just like everybody else. We have the same needs, the same wants, the same dreams, the same struggles as everybody else. They're just different and they're harder sometimes. And just that people understand that, you know, most people, most friends that you talk to, especially in the younger years, my experience was, you know, the, it, I get the sense of pity and, um, you know, and I just wanted someone, I just needed someone to vent to. And not to give me answers, just just a sounding board. So you've done that. So thank you for that. Oh, you're mm -hmm. welcome. You're welcome. 
having adults, what's um, a piece of advice for that transition from the teen years into the <clears throat> adult years or post high school, post transition programs? You know, what I know your kids are in, in different places, but we're about to do a workshop on the parents' psychological transition to their child becoming an adult. It's such a big change and something that I feared for so long. And Ryan's about to be 18. Maybe by the time this episode drops, he will be 18. We're in the process of getting conservatorship because that's what we'll need for him. What would you say about that transition? Um, for speaking for me, so Max is, is so involved that he was in, you know, he stayed in, to the, in high school till he was 22. Um, he didn't go to a transition program. And then we chose to keep him at home and not put him in a day program because we were fortunate enough to have full-time care. And um, so that worked out better for his situation. So for me, I don't know that I really had a transition. Now I'm feeling like a transition because now he's 28. We're getting older. So now we're looking at his next step as far as what he does, because we, my husband has been uh, probably more prepared for this than I have, but I finally come to the realization that, yeah, we need to start thinking about the future. So for me, I feel like now at 28, we're kind of, this is our transition time. For, for me, both children, we're fortunate that both children are high functioning, especially when they got to be the about the age of 18. Kyle went off to college um, and Dylan went off. He stayed locally and then went off to college when he was 20. For us, it was just knowing when to allow them to be independent and no one to step in to help. You know, you, you know, we always, my, I remember my father-in-law giving me the piece of advice when I had Kyle, the firstborn, and he said, um, I brought him home from the hospital and he said, your job is to let go every single day. And I was like, I just have this baby. But for me, it was like, a, that is such, is such a valuable piece of advice that um, give your kids, I would, I would have told myself back then to give the kids a little bit more leeway to have some failures themselves to gain that confidence and independence to learn them on their own. Um, but again, my situation is that I was okay doing, I would be okay doing that because they were, you know, they were pretty much functioning on their own at that point. But it's, you know, walking that fence when, when to step in to help and when to know that it's okay to let them figure it out on their own. That would be hard because like in my situation, I mean, Ryan will always be totally dependent on somebody there's probably, yeah, there, but yet I'm sure there's still some areas where I could probably let go and teach him some more skills. But for the most part, I have to manage and caretake so much and whoever eventually takes over for me in whatever sort of setting that he ends up in someday as an adult, we'll have to manage a lot. But I think when you have kids who could be independent, Julie, like your kids, I I think I'd be biting my nails a little bit because Mm -hmm. there's a lot more at stake, I guess. And there's so much more that you're hoping and dreaming for them, Mm -hmm. being able to leave and and do those those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And it would be hard to let go. 
Yeah, I tell you, when Dylan went off to school, I set him up with the resource at UOP. You know, he met with a man and he was given all these options to get help. Did he take any of those options? Absolutely not. And he struggled. And, and you know, I had the choice to allow him to struggle and try to figure it out. And luckily, you know, it wasn't, trust me, both kids have their struggles in college. It was not easy to watch, but, and probably I should have stepped in, who knows? Right. Right. Well, any, anything that you would definitely want to pass on from your experience to younger moms? Um, admit to yourself, you can't do it all. Don't think you need to do it all. Because once you let people come in and help you, it makes a world of difference. And that first step is not easy because you don't want to give it up and you want to do it, but you need to. And I think that's made a huge, huge difference. And I'm, we've had the same caregiver for 21 years taking care of Max. And I mean, I, I can't believe how lucky we've been. But from the day she got here, it was just every day, you know, I'm a little less, a little less, a little less. And you just need to say, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. And I'm okay with it. And I need help. Uh, so good. I really, okay, moms out there, I hope you're hearing that because <laughs> it's critical to ask for help and invite the help. And trust help for sure. Exactly. Good. Thank you, Michelle, for that. Julie? Mm -hmm. And dovetailing on Michelle's um, words of wisdom, I love Brene Brown. And one of my favorite quotes from her is, want to be happy, stop being trying to be perfect. Mm. Because with our kids, I, in my experience, I was trying to be everything that they weren't. Um, and one of the things the kids, my kids have taught me is that we're all good enough, even on our worst days. Um, Kyle gave me, and Michelle, it's one of my favorite things I always say, Michelle, it's good enough, right? And mm -hmm. um, Kyle gave me a necklace that says you are enough when I, when he was like 22, after he went, went through a really hard time. And I wear it when I feel like I need an extra boost because we all do that self-talk that, you know, I'm not doing enough for my kids. I'm not. I'm not advocating enough. I'm not, I'm not doing enough for them to get them where I think they need to be. And I think we are all doing a great job and we're all good enough at each and every moment, each and every day. And, and take, take value in that, you know, take pride in that because it's important. Mm, good words, both of you. So great. Thank you. Well, thank you both for spending this time with me this morning. I so appreciate it. And thank you again for your words of encouragement to me personally and just everything, everything that you do, the work that you guys do in Special Children's League, which is so important. And uh, just thanks for being great role models for our younger moms in We Are Brave. So well, thank you, Jessica. That was great. Thank, thank you. you. Before we go, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, BetterHelp. If you've been listening to this podcast or following me for a while, you know how important my mentors have meant to me and how much I value therapy for self-care and healing. BetterHelp is a professional online therapy and counseling service, which gives you secure, personalized help when you need it. 
they know that not everyone's struggles and needs are the same. And that's why within just a few days of signing up, BetterHelp will assess your specific needs and goals and match you with a real-life counselor focused on helping you along your personal journey. And they do also offer financial aid services. So if you've been unsure about seeking out therapy or help, this is a great way to test the waters. I will leave all the details in the show notes and you can access our link for 10% off your first month at www.betterhelp.com backslash we are brave together. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Dear Younger Me with Julie and Michelle. If you have not yet subscribed to Brave Together Podcast, we ask that you do that. Leave us a review, leave us a rating, and please spread the word. Tell your mom friends about the podcast. And if you are out there and you have not yet joined the community of We Are Brave Together, please go to our website, wearebravetogether.com, and fill out the little pop-up form. We are offering support groups, workshops, and retreats, all virtual right now, but we are getting closer to our in-person gatherings, and I cannot wait for that. If you are a member of We Are Brave Together, you'll get our emails and our announcements and all retreat details once we get there. So make sure that you're on our list, and I hope you have a beautiful day. And remember, you are not alone.